0: to another episode of Not This, the podcast that seeks to deconstruct fear-based belief patterns and systems with curiosity and love. I'm your host, Tina Marie Olson, and today's conversation is with Julian DeVoe. He comes to us from Costa Rica, and he is a healer. He studied with shamans, he teaches yoga, and he's just overall such a delightful presence. He is open and expansive with a healthy dose of skepticism and curiosity about what really is this thing that we do that we call healing? Where does it all come from? What are the tools that we use and what's helpful and what goes too far? And if you're captivated by his energy and want more, you can go play with him in Costa Rica. He has so many opportunities to come to retreat with him when things are more open to travel again. And of course, all that information is in the show notes. So I hope you love the conversation and I am sending you so much love. (laughs) I mean, I guess it's good that I'm just laughing and saying welcome. Julian, thank you so much for being willing to be on the not this podcast day coming to us from beautiful Costa Rica.
1: Hey, thank you for having me. It's a it's a it's a pleasure. I love I love sharing these sorts of things.
0: Yeah. Whatever
1: whatever these things will be.
0: (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) Whatever, whatever our collective dharma is for this hour together. Yes. And whatever gifts we can share with the world. So actually, I would love to start there. You just gave a quote as we were chatting beforehand from the Bhagavad Gita, if I can even say it. Can you share that quote?
1: Yeah. It's a paraphrase. Okay. Um, More or less that you're you're better off doing your dharma imperfectly rather than someone else's perfectly. Mm. So...
0: Whew. Yeah. Can you tell me a little bit about what that means to you?
1: Uh, yeah. It basically means that for me, it was an impetus to, to, to change. It was an impetus to, to shift and to walk my path, so to speak. Mm-hmm. Um, I, was, I was in a job that I, I really enjoyed, actually. And I was earning well and had a lot of free time. Uh, but it was not what I felt like my purpose was or my heroic mission or my life song. It, it, was, a mean, it, it, it was a means to that. So I, I read that, um, that book, that quote years ago, and that just sat. It was like, oh yeah, this is, this is what it is. And it, it could be different for everybody, of course. Yeah. Um, but, but really it means to, you're better off singing your song out of key right? <laughs> and and, and then, then somebody else's sort of, sort of, sort of thing. And, and that means to, to embrace the struggle mm-hmm. in being yourself. Um, and uh, it, it, since, since it came through my yoga training, someone asked me one time, what is yoga? Which is, which is a pretty loaded question. I love asking that question now to people. Mm-hmm. And it's like, huh? What, what isn't yoga, sort of thing? Um, and and one of the things is to me that yoga is is deeply personal, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but it, it was the 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 process, the the practice of being yourself while figuring out who you are.
0: Oh. And it's, yes,
1: it's, it's kind of that. It's kind of along along those lines where. Yeah you might not know what your purpose is or what your mission is, or even that there's a thing to be had, like a purpose. Um, Cause that could also be a burden that burned me for many years. Um, you might have skills or, or, or techniques, or we have these gifts that we talk about these things that we're just really good at. And then the questions of how do we make a living? How do we do it joyfully? How do we provide for or our family, et cetera, et cetera. And um, I, I think that, there are ways to do that. And a lot of times if we're shifting gears the way I was mm-hmm. uh, five, six years ago, it, it it's challenging.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: It's challenging. So, so yeah, it's kind of what that quote means to me a little bit.
0: Mm, I love that. And the, this idea that um, it's not like there's an on off switch for our purpose. Right. And could our purpose be simplified to whatever is in the most alignment for you in that moment because as you shared before we started recording about the job that you were doing, it supported your ability to be on a healing journey Mm. and we all needed you healed to a certain point before you could probably fully share your gifts.
1: Right. Right. Yeah. And... and. You know, purpose could be, I, I, I kind of like the way you said that, Tina, because it really brings it into the moment. And it's, it's, it's sometimes that your purpose in the moment is just to listen to somebody.
0: Hmm.
1: Or sometimes your purpose in the moment is just to breathe mm-hmm. or to show up and be present or to say something mm-hmm. um, or not to say something, whatever mm-hmm. it might be. Your, your purpose could be to stand alone or could be to march in a group. And, and, uh, and, and yeah, I, I think that this is where, this is where the, the, the notions of purpose and vision kind of come in, is where we could say, okay, I have a vision for this ideal sort of life. And my purpose right now is to do X, y, and z so I can grow into this form of vision. Mm-hmm. And and that might change also, mm-hmm. which is cool. It's like we we could travel down these paths and be like, oh, I thought that was my purpose. Uh, it's not, you know, sort of thing. And yeah. And, uh, so. So yeah.
0: You mentioned life song. Is that yeah. a phrase? That, yeah. Do you do you have words or language for what you would say your life song is?
1: Uh, oh, gee. Huh. In, 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 its, in its simplest form would be to inspire others to inspire themselves.
0: Oh, For
1: themselves. Really.
0: oh, that's good. How did and these... <laughs> yeah,
1: <laughs> yeah. And uh, life song, I think that's a I think that's a that's a Tol- Tolstoy or Dostoevsky or one, one, one of those guys um, sort of soft reference. Nevertheless. It's uh, and I think Maya Angelou has a wonderful statement about that as well. But it's you know, I'm I'm in the realm of healing. One of my teachers put it like this: where a, a person at peace is a world at peace. Mm. And and I, I think part of my mission is to help people to connect with a deeper part of themselves, so they can find more joy and contentment in their lives. Mm-hmm. Mm. Well, yeah.
0: And that's beautiful. How yeah. how did you come to having this understanding about what you're here to do?
1: <laughs> a lot of mistakes. <laughs> <laughs> a lot of not this. <laughs> a lot, of, a lot, of, a lot, of, a lot of yeah, a lot of not this. Yeah, I mean, for for many of us, the the path isn't always straight, right? And um, mm-hmm. and um, I I had uh, I had many um, illegal experiences in my past, uh, drugs, alcohol, these sorts of things. Um, and some of them were awakening, some of them were dangerous. Some of them were, were, um, important. All of them were important to a certain degree. And, um, I had, I had kind of many experiences that brought me into this sort of space where begrudgingly. Um, I've met, I've, I've been blessed to meet some really phenomenal healers that have shifted my life that have, that have, uh, craniosacral therapy is, is the first thing that comes to mind. I, I met a gentleman named Nagy Iskander, who's is kind of one of these wandering healers of centuries, so to speak. And I wasn't using that language back then. I was like, this guy, I think has been around for a while. Like he's kind of, you know, one of these dudes where it's like, this guy's like kind of Gandalf status, you know? Um, and, um. So he he gave me a 20-minute session. And then the way I wrote emails about it back then was that I had kind of an exorcism. I was, I was shaking and crying and yelling and sweating and um, speaking in tongues, apparently. And uh, it changed my life. And then he, through him and his student, um, Karen, they, they trained me in some of these skills. And then I went into further trainings and then met other people who were into... would say are more shamanic arts contact with spirit guides with um, demonic entities that were you know partly some of these things were removed and again at this point when people were removing dark spirits from my body i'm like you know people are crazy like you really believe in this sort of stuff and i'm like "Ah, that sounds cool you know and harry potter wasn't around at this point so (laughs) it's like (laughs) so there, there wasn't as much it wasn't as mainstream right and, and And then through each through each experience, my life got better, and it was like, well, you know this person does kind of seem out of their mind, but I, but I really feel better you know, and my mm. life has shifted, and my perspective has changed and I, and I can't just I can't just put that put that away you know and then and then I had an awakening of sorts which um, basically started seeing entities, seeing spirits and and that drove me into the inquiry of. Either this is real or I'm crazy. I hadn't considered that it both could be true at that point yet. But um, but then but then I you know I found myself in Peru and in, in in the Amazon and working with shamans and it was as I was sharing with you before Tina it was it was you know when I got there and I told them about my experiences they kind of looked at me and they're like oh yeah that's normal I'm like normal. They're like yeah nothing special there like no big deal i mean of course like i thought i was special right you know like i can see these things and they're like yeah, yeah we do that all the time you know that's what we're gonna do here like here drink this and then we'll talk tomorrow sort of thing so um so yeah when you when you have more and more of these experiences and then and then for me it was kind of like the proof's always in the pudding right
0: Mm-hmm.
1: and I would, I would come back to the this, this States. I, I did several of these personal journey experiences, and I would come back to the States, and, and then I would go back to my, my yoga mat, mm-hmm. or I would go back to my doctors. I would go back to my, my, my MDs, my acupuncturists, and, and I would have you know, the tests done. I would have my acupuncturist test me, and I would have my blood work done. I would check how I would feel during my, my yoga practice and during my meditations. How is my sleep? What, what is my physical energy like? How much love do I have in my heart? These sorts of things. So it wasn't just it wasn't just, oh, I get to spend a week at Hogwarts. It was, okay, now I'm gonna go and see how this relates in a practical way to my world. Mm-hmm. And and every time I would do that, and every time I would listen to the advice of Not only the shaman, but doctor, um, things would shift, and I would change, and I would, and I would listen begrudgingly a lot of the time. You know, it's not easy. Like this, Mm -hmm. this, this, um, this living into your purpose mentality. Sometimes you got to white knuckle through some things. Mm -hmm. Sometimes you gotta. Sometimes you gotta. You you gotta kick your own ass, so to speak, and be like, okay, well, you fell off a little bit. That's okay, Mm -hmm. but you, you really know what's what's best. And and what's going to serve you in, in a bigger way, you, it, and, and um, to a certain degree, we all have blinders on, which is why we need teachers. But mm-hmm. a lot of times, if we look if we look with what's in, we know if if we're if we're bullshitting with ourselves or not. Mm-hmm. You know, it's it's not that hard. And <laughs> um, and if you're not sure, if you're not sure, ask a friend. They'll tell you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the good friends will, you know. So it, so it, it, it's about it, it. It became about how to, how do we make this stuff real how do we make sustainable change and mm-hmm. and it and, and grow into the things that we like you know for example some people would ask me like well how do you live the life that you live i travel a lot i go to cool places um i don't have a ton of money but i don't have any debt you know so it's like i'm, I'm in a very interesting sort of place and and i, and I just kind of look at them confused because i don't really have an answer i don't know how i live the way i live it was just mm-hmm. like i just decided to um i I, to use one of your ways not this like i like i like i don't want this because we have growing up we develop a worldview Mm -hmm. we develop a perspective on our on on reality and that comes from you know the, the big things our childhood so our parenting our siblings it comes from our the political system we grew up in it comes from the religious or, or spiritual background we grew up in, it comes from our cultural perspective, the art that we saw or the movies. Um, it, it, it comes from the economy that we're, that we're in as well. So we develop this set of principles or values and those sink into the, the, the subconscious or the other than conscious parts of ourself. And then we operate from that place. And that's totally normal. This Dr. Bruce Lipton talks about this in the Biology of Belief. And he's now saying in the book, I think he said about eighty percent, but now he's saying ninety to ninety-five percent of our actions are driven by our subconscious or other than conscious parts. And, and, and this is this is there's good reason for this. You know, it's like, could you imagine if every time you got into a car, you had to relearn how to drive the car? I mean, it would just we, we would never get to the store, right? Mm-hmm. Sort of thing. So our ideal, our ideas, our principles, our values, our thoughts, the sports teams we like. The the joys and the triumphs and the traumas that we had in our life, we basically carry with us as like this little mini universe package, and um, out of that, our identity is formed, et cetera, et cetera. And when we can step back and witness that, when we can step back and say, "Huh, isn't that interesting? I thought this about this person, or isn't that interesting? I feel this in this moment," and then huh, I wonder how I'm talking to myself. Or there's a big thing now where adults are doing emotional education and emotional mm-hmm. understanding. And now we're, now we're like bringing it into school like we actually know. <laughs> and, it, you know, but it makes sense because a lot of our life is, is dictated or it's really about how we feel, mm-hmm. but we don't have an education in, in feeling. Mm-hmm. or how we communicate our feelings, or how we share our feelings. Or you'll hear things like, oh, well, we just need to have a boundary conversation. You know, what, what are what are boundaries? We, we, a lot of times we, we talk about things, we have language around things, but we don't actually know what it is, or what it means, or how it implements, how it plays out into our life. I'll give you an example. One of the most powerful self-help books that I've ever read, which isn't really a self-help book or it's not designed at that, is Nonviolent Communication mm. by Marshall Rosenberg. And it was something where as I'm reading this, I'm like, oh, this guy's really good. I'm actually learning to communicate with myself. And then now it, it, it allowed me to step into a space of witness consciousness, which, which is like, okay, he has four main principles in there. And the first thing is observation. And it's just merely observation, just the facts. And how a lot of times we skip that step when we see somebody Mm -hmm. or when we see something, it's right to judgment or right to evaluation, as he says. Mm -hmm. We we go right to the evaluating place as opposed to, let me just observe. Because then when we observe the thing, we can then experience our thoughts around that thing or around that event. And that's going to begin to tell us a lot about ourselves. Mm-hmm. So it's how do we then step back into a space where we can learn about ourselves as if we're a curious 5 or 6 year old that has like a really smart and powered mind that can begin to investigate because what if every time you saw a squirrel climb a tree you had a really angry thought or something like that mm. right like oh those darn squirrels you know like oh those darn squirrels and like, more squirrels out there you know or whatever it is it could be you know so as and you, you step back into a space of saying oh squirrel climbing a tree squirrel climbing a tree that's it and that allows you that space of non-judgmental awareness mm-hmm. and then we can go into that space of well what is it how does it make me feel you know this is according to the nonviolent communication so. Mm-hmm. So anyway, the reason, I'm, the reason I'm sharing this sort of thing is that I don't think you'll find that book on a self-help shelf or a personal growth and development thing. It's a communication thing, but it's something that it's so powerful because it, it, it allows us to develop, and I know I've said it multiple times now, the, 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 our witness consciousness, and that's where change can begin. Mm-hmm. That's where we go into a space to go back into the shamanic realm when I first showed up for ceremony, they said, they said, we have two rules here. I mean, there are many, but they have two big principles, respect and Mm non-judgment, respect and non-judgment. I mean, if, if, if you could walk around or we could walk around Mm -hmm. with respect and non-judgment for ourselves first, Mm -hmm. I think the world would be a different place Mm -hmm. and recognize that not only, am I in process? Not only are you in process, but everyone we meet is in process. Mm-hmm. And then we can take that, we can expand that and say, okay, recent studies are showing that looks like three quarters of people have parasites. One out of two, one out of two men will be diagnosed with cancer. One out of three men will have fertility issues. One out of three women will be diagnosed with cancer. One out of four women will have fertility issues on and on, right? So then you can say, okay, there's a lot of pain. There's a lot of people that are consuming food and information that is bringing them to a space of less than happy, let's say, um, or, or less than neutral, maybe. And when we can step back from that, and this was part of my, my break with kind of the, the, the modern world was I began to look around. And it was like, okay, where are my thoughts and feelings coming from? What's my worldview? How does it fit in with the world around me? Because what I'm starting to see are a lot of unhealthy, not so happy people doing things they don't wanna do. Mm -hmm. They don't seem to be making the best food choices. Even the exercise seems weird. And even some of the spiritual people seem weird and it just doesn't, it just, it's not clicking, right? So, so in that we can then begin to make choices about what we want for ourselves, Mm -hmm. but it's, but, but we need to, you know, to, to use the cliche, get out of our own way, Mm -hmm. which means just simply stepping back. Right. So it's how do we become the observer? How do we become the witness in our experience? Mm -hmm. And, you know, there's a lot of things that we hear in the new age world. It's like, well, they're just a reflection of me. A lot of times they are. And the interesting thing is you can take that further and we can go into some of Carl Jung's work, which would be some of the shadow mentality around things where whenever something that somebody else does bothers you, there's likely a piece of yourself that you have the opportunity to work on.
0: Mm
1: -hmm. Right. And, and a lot of it takes on winding. It takes Mm on winding. We've, we, we, we've had, we have neural networks that are built to, to complain and to judge and to, and to. You know, not like our politicians, or not like our institutions, or you know, feel less than, or feel more than, or you know, whatever it is. So, so it, it's about how do we take a breath, slow down, pause, and really begin to look at ourselves from that non-judgmental, respectful place, as if we're a child. Uh, one of my, one of my quiet theories is that we're all just kind of big screwed up little kids that <laughs> 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 just kind of bump into each other. I don't know if many psychologists would agree with that. I'm not a psychologist, but, but, um, that whenever we get triggered or whenever we get stimulated by something, it's, it's likely, a, a you know, inner four or five or six or eight year old inside of us that's having a response to that. Mm-hmm. And, um, and, and that's okay. Mm -hmm. No, that's that's okay to have that response, and if that's the response, it's okay. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. all of
0: that is so interesting to me because I do feel like a lot of, at least in the U.S., a lot of what we have is um, children emotionally just walking around in full-grown bodies. So there is so much of the healing world that's focused on healing the inner child and learning to nurture yourself and learning to take care of your own emotions and your own state of being and all of that. And that's interesting to me. And my own personal journey around all that, there's so much focus on the inner child at times in healing and stuff that I found myself getting kind of like, I guess the best word would be triggered. Um, but I had this, it was, it was kind of like an existential trigger. It wasn't just, it wasn't just a one-off that was like, okay, I need to take care of this little thing, this little situation. And what it was, was realizing that's actually what, what walked me into past life work is I realized that at least within my own being, and I would venture to say, and this isn't, this isn't to discount the actual traumatic events that happen in people's childhood. And even those things were on that energetic body in order to attract that event in the first place. And an event happening in our current life is it showing itself to us so we can heal, resolve, and expand beyond it, right? And so again, along that, I don't know, I don't know if it's actually quote unquote true, whether or not this stuff happened in any particular past life or any of these stories that have come through for me are actually true. Who knows, who cares? It's just the way that spirit in my soul or whatever can communicate to me, hey, this is the thing that we need to like heal and release and return to love.
1: Mm-hmm. It's, a, it's a really, uh, there are a couple of things that popped when you, when, you, when you just said that. You bring up a really good point too, is that sometimes the, the inner child work can be, it's like enough already, right? It's, sometimes it's mm. a scapegoat. And I see people actually Mm -hmm. that have struggled through their lives. And then all of a sudden they're diagnosed with depression and then they get worse because now they're allowed to Mm -hmm. be depressed as opposed to like, well, before I was just trying to figure myself out. And I'm like, oh, mood swings. And, and, and it's like, well, I thought I was just depressed. Can you believe it? They gave me these drugs and like, you know, it's, it's all good sort of thing. And then it kind of, um, It it, it, it kind of devalues some of that work. So, here's what I want to speak to. One is about the inner child work. And I, I think what's important to remember is that not only do we have an inner child, but we also have an inner physician, we have an inner guru, we have an inner sage, we have an inner adult, we have an inner infant. We, we have everything we need inside. So basically it's like, we're all possessed by like parts of ourselves <laughs> in all these interesting ways. And they're all in their varying stages of development. So I think-
0: I call myself we, we all the time. <laughs> I- because it's just that acknowledgement and it's the most natural thing that rolls off my tongue rather than just I. I mean, it's like, hello, there's a yeah. bunch of me in here. <laughs>
1: that's, that's, you know, that's exactly it. I have a, I have a poem that I, that I wrote entitled Voices and it's, it's basically the voices inside of us mm. that contribute to the choices that we make at any given time, no matter what the mm-hmm. choice is. And uh, mm-hmm. some of those voices have louder, louder and, and more votes than another voice. And then sometimes there's the calm and there's the quiet voice. And um, and, and I think there can be, what, what can happen with the inner child work is that there can be a malaise. There can be like, there mm-hmm. can be this apathetic acceptance that happens. It's like, well, that kind of Eeyore. And it's like, well, it's just my inner child. And then it's like, that's just the way I am. And then, as soon as those, as soon as that starts coming out of you, it's good because it's purging. But it's like if you if if that's coming out of you, then that's just like, well, I don't want to change. That's just a part of myself. And some mm-hmm. some things you don't need to change. We don't need to, right? So so we have this idea around the inner child, where I think that's important. I think there's work to do for all of us to understand that that part of ourselves is there that part of ourself lives and we need to acknowledge and love that part of ourselves. which, which is like, go outside and play. Like you're a five-year-old roll around in the dirt, mm-hmm. walk barefoot, climb on a jungle yeah. gym and acknowledge it. And then at the same time, when that inner child starts acting up, that's when you bring in your inner elder, as opposed to like mm-hmm. this, as opposed to like the disciplinarian go in, if we can go in with that inner mm-hmm. elder, because we have the wisdom of our ancestors within us right we have the wisdom of mm-hmm. of things that are invisible so to speak right or things other than human aspects that are informing our reality so bring those in and when that when that inner child is having a tantrum we can find a way to console it as opposed to necessarily mm-hmm. looking from without and that's strengthening and cultivating that inner guru or that that inner shaman or that mm-hmm. inner healer the inner elder i really like that mm-hmm this this is this is now getting into a conversation around sovereignty and around personal empowerment mm-hmm. and and around the idea that we have everything we need inside of us to make the changes and the shifts and the choices that mm-hmm. that we need in our life now that being said mm-hmm. i broke my leg when i was 14 or 15 i went to a doctor <laughs> i didn't necessarily have the skill set to cast it and set it and like you know so it's like within reason, you know, we recognize that we're all limited, mortal, and conditioned to a certain degree, as much as we are also infinite souls. But we do have this body human mm-hmm. suit. So when we do need help, when, when our inner child just keeps making a mess and we can't, we don't find time to clean it up, that's when we take our retreat. That's when we go to our therapist. That's when we see our shaman. That's when we talk to a good friend.
0: Mm-hmm. So I'm curious what your perspective is on past lives and what role maybe that they've played on your journey.
1: Mm. There are kind of several there's several ways that I wanna I wanna go about answering this. One of them is is we we get into an inquiry around time. And I think it's important. To, to consider that time may not be linear. And so what that means is maybe it's spherical, maybe it's circular, maybe it's vertical, and, or, or all, <laughs> and, and other. Mm-hmm. And this is where uh, one of my quantum friends, he, he doesn't use the term past life. I mean, he does as kind of a, a landmark, but they're more like concurrent lives. Mm-hmm. So we have, we have, if, if you look at the concurrent lives and how those, how the past lives may have come forth to, to again, put us in, into this incarnation in this way as we are now and to work on some of the things we need to work on. So I think they are important in guiding us into places. I think there are in quote unquote intuitive hits that we get that we may be linking into something in 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 previous incarnations for sure like why do i like certain foods so much or why why am i why have i always been drawn to this culture it has nothing to do with my heritage or nothing to do with my family or why did i spend so much time in peru you know i'm from new jersey why was i there why was i welcomed into one of those families there and it's like maybe maybe there's you know there's kind of a past life sort of thing which is actually bringing me into a concurrent phase, right so that's one way of looking mm. another way of looking at it is is saying um get over it <laughs> it's kind of like the it's kind of like the inner child work it's like stop blaming everything that's going on in your life on your past lives <laughs> it's not all karma you know and um and you know, if you were abused or were the abuser or you were a great healer or you were a king or a queen or a peasant or a frog or a fly, you're here now in this shape and in this form and, and isn't that fantastic? Mm-hmm. It, it, enjoy that. So I think we can draw on that information, but I think it becomes, it muddies the waters. It becomes another story, another myth, another way that we, um, we, we mythologize our lives Right. And, mm-hmm. and again, not saying that there's not value there. I'm not saying that, right. It's, it's saying mm-hmm. that sometimes if you meet, I, I just worked with a friend of mine. I had this very kind of karmic experience with someone and I was talking with a friend of mine and my friend said, next time you meet someone you have serious karma with, just go out for coffee, you know? And it's like, just, just go out, have, have some cake, give them a hug, have a two hour conversation be done with it. You don't have to go through the whole thing again for months or whatever, you know, whatever it is. (laughs) I'm like, you know, I think you're right. You're right. I'm going to try that next time. Right. So. (laughs) I love that. And
0: I think it's so much about the intention behind how and why we're using these tools. Right. Because I feel like so much of what you've talked about are, are tools and ways to access our own consciousness, access a deeper understanding from that witness observer perspective so that we can kind of like make right with ourselves, find what that alignment is, find what's true, find that home. For me, I mm. call it love and then go forth and spread that into the world. And so to your point that I think you've brought up so beautifully with regard to multiple different aspects of this interpersonal exploration is that it can become its own fear-based Some might use the word ego, whatever tactic, to just be wrapped up in oneself, as opposed to actually having a greater purpose around it, which would be to be in a space where you are confidently walking your dharma and sharing your gifts with others. Right?
1: Yeah, exactly. And I I have, I have, I've I've been so excited to share this in conversations because there's another, there's another thing about past lives that I just, I'm like, I'm so pumped, right? I'm still reveling in it and I'm still unpacking it. So this, this is going to be part of okay. it. We'll see how much I can articulate. But if we are on board with the past life thing, then that presupposes future life, future lives. Mm-hmm. So if, if we look at this notion of future lives, we can then begin, we can then begin to pull information from our future lives, which... Mm -hmm. maybe would be more enhanced than the life that we're we're kind of in now as as if like we've learned, you know, say you've learned all the stuff that you learned from your past lives and here we are now and there's still a couple of things I didn't really get quite right in those past ones. I'm going to relearn those and then I got some new new cool toys and I'm going to play with those and so then we can begin to pull in this information from the future and I think this is what we begin to, this is what we need in order, to, in order to move our species forward is to begin to bring in that information mm-hmm. from what would be a future human if, if there are such things, right?
0: <laughs> I could not love this more. So one thing that's been up for me a lot lately is I just threw myself a graduation ceremony for the completion of a seven-year healing cycle that was just a bitch. <laughs> <laughs> It was, it was treacherous on every level. It was a climbing of Mount Everest. And I feel like I earned my PhD and I was like graduation ceremony. And here we go off into the new. So now I'm a few weeks into a brand new Mm. chapter. And the thing that's the most exhilarating about it and also simultaneously terrifying to my human is I know that I'm stepping into uncharted territory of expansion. Like the slate is clean and clear and it's time to co-create things that have not been possible previously on earth. And so then I'll, I'll, size it way down, way smaller. So like that's one aspect of what's so exciting to me. Cause it's like, is that possible in my present life and impacting future incarnations? Right. Of course. And future possibilities for humans, right? Because one of the reasons we end up so limited is we're looking around, like let's just talk about relationship. We're looking around into romantic relationships around us and we're like, "Eh, not
1: that, (laughs) not that, not that. that."
0: And it's like, okay, well then how do we create this like optimum thing that is really truly what we came here to experience? It's a complete act of co-creative trust with the universe that something can exist that we haven't seen previously. Um, and so again, to right size it back down, I lately, when I've been into the grocery store, I've literally been, as I'm grabbing like fruits and vegetables, I'm like, future Tina's going <laughs> to thank me for this. <laughs> well, <laughs> because at one point in time that I was in my refrigerator, I was like, Oh my God, past Tina was so smart to have gotten that. Uh, you know?
1: <laughs> so great.
0: <laughs> That's not something I normally buy at the store. Right. So like, Tina from six days ago. I'm so glad you (laughs) thought to get that. Cause right now I am so stoked to have the, whatever it is, fill the blank. So to me, this stuff can like all be play. Mm -hmm. If we think about it as like, yes, it can be huge and existential and, and visionary. And it can also be like extremely practical in our day-to-day lives as to how we're co-creating our experience in any given moment. And that brings me to wanting to hear a bit about experiences that you offer for humans to come and have a journey in oh. Costa Rica. Huh.
1: <laughs> yeah, choose, choose your own adventure. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I just keep thinking of more and more in regards to this, uh, in regards to our conversation, I'm really enjoying this by the way. Um, yeah, in, in in regards to things that I have to offer, um, I'm building some online content right now. I offer, I offer one-on-ones, one-on-one consultation, these sorts of things from movement to, to wellness. Um, one of the things I offer are detoxes, different purifications, detoxes, guidance, that sort of thing. And, and a lot of these things are just awesome and epic and really inexpensive. Um. So the, those those things are accessible now. Um, what's happening here in Costa Rica is that the borders are closed, and we're hopeful that next season will open. And next season being October November, that the borders will open to Canadians, Americans, and that we'll be able to, you know, have a have a you know retreat business. This is a retreat tourism hotspot. So so in that. There we have multiple retreats being planned from uh, plant medicine retreats to movement experiences to meditation to um, just kind of like nature style things to detox and and different lifestyle retreats. A lot of them have movement and meditation and and good healthy food and then there's going to be a variety of different things so um you can check out there's a website that will have all the information very soon
0: i'll put it all in the
1: show notes yeah you can put it i love i love when i hear podcasters say that i'm gonna put it in the show notes i i I love it i'm like oh show notes (laughs) (laughs) um there's a there's
0: a it's just so much easier i just picture because normally i'm like you know, walking somewhere or driving my car, if I'm listening to a podcast, I'm like, I'm not writing this shit down. I just want to be able to, if there's something I want to follow up on, I want to be able to go find it, click yeah, on it. Yeah, exactly.
1: On. Like kind of the way I'm <laughs> rambling on about what this is. I offer one-on-one stuff on my website, <laughs> juliandevoe.com. And you can find anything in regards to retreats, plant medicine, wellness, detox, yoga, movement, you name it on a website called Sovereign by Nature. So it's Sovereign X Nature. Um, and- yeah,
0: I love yeah, that. Yeah, cool.
1: Huh?
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, and it just reminds us of like we this idea of sovereignty is so um, I feel like such a hot word in the spiritual community, yeah. and yet, like in a, in a way, it's so damn simple. We're beings of nature, and the more we return to that. The more harmonious we get to live with everything and everyone else. And and you know, our Dharma only feels terrifying when we're giving full control to the terrified part of our right. human self.
1: <laughs> right. Right. Absolutely. Yeah, sovereignty is is kind of a big is kind of a big word. We're upping our language in the <laughs> in the community now. It was <laughs> empowerment first, now it's sovereign. <laughs> now it. now we're now we're, now since we're powered, we're sovereign, right? <laughs> But yeah, it's 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 a it's it's a reminder to all of us that we have choices,
0: mm-hmm.
1: that we have choices, and uh, some sometimes we don't have a choice. Mm-hmm. That when we have a choice, we are living empowered and as a sovereign being, as autonomous sovereign beings, mm-hmm. and 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 that's really cool.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: That's that's a really that's a really cool place to be. So that. And this is another thing getting into this kind of language conversation where when do you really have to or must you really? Oh, I just have to do this. Do you have to? Right. There are some things that we have to, but far less than what we say we have to do. Yep. And and especially if if it's like you know for me a lot of, and i catch myself doing this i'm not absolved by by any stretch right sure and and i catch myself like oh i have to teach today and i'm like i have to teach today i get the opportunity to teach today yeah that's what i love to do what do you mean i have to do it i want to do it this is it's a it's a gift that i have a space where i can teach and a few people will show up and and actually you know so so it's it's um yeah we could talk more about sovereignty but um but yeah, there's 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 all sorts of stuff. I'd like to talk with you again at some point. I feel like we didn't even get to half the things to talk about. Um, but um, yeah, in regards to in regards to, I have a I have a book, um, which is called "Robust Vitality." Oh, and "Robust Vitality." is something that I put together over the course of five or six years, basically out of running retreats. It was a manual and manual, 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 and then a book. And, and the book needs to be updated, but nevertheless, it's got a lot of good information. and it's, it's, more, it's more technical. It's more practices. So it's, it's things like nonviolent communication, things like tips for clearing clutter, detox information, um, I, I've, I've created a whole. There's a whole food and health section. There's a section on superfoods, recipes, meditation, breath work. It's kind of like a catch-all for practices um, that you can do. Very practical, very basic. Uh, this is one of the things that a lot of people ask me about. Kind of what what shamanic things they can do, and um, I tend to disappoint them when I tell them to go and clean out their closet. Right. And, and, and it's a deeply shamanic practice because you're connecting energetically with your stuff.
0: hmm
1: And in that, you'll find a lot of these sorts of practices in the book. Because for me, mm-hmm. uh, what I think in many ways is the most spiritual is the most practical. Yeah. And, and also what the, what's the most practical is the most spiritual. So I think there are some people... One of my other kind of quiet missions is to help us to reconnect with spirit.
0: hmm
1: and that being how we define that, which could be universe, God, goddess, uh, gods, goddesses. Um, it could be higher self. It could be the collective unconscious. It could be the morphic field. Um, but when, when we connect in with, with this sort of um, concept that we can recognize that not only are we limited, mortal and conditioned, but we are also infinite, un, unlimited, and timeless, which is really kind of cool. Mm-hmm. And 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 I think that we can see. I hear people, oh, you know, I'm not, I'm not very spiritual. And I'm like, yeah, but do you live an ethical lifestyle? Oh, well, yeah, I, I, you know, I live an ethical lifestyle. And it's like, well, to me, that's that's a spiritual practice. And that's that's an art. Mm-hmm. And and just because you have, you know, feathers and sage smoke going. Doesn't mean you're a spiritual person. Just because you don't, doesn't mean you're not. Right. Uh, just because you don't have an altar in your house, you know, doesn't mean, or you, or you don't play an instrument or, you know, take plant medicine or, or do yoga. Doesn't mean you're not a spiritual person or not, not an empowered individual that has a connection with their source. Mm-hmm. So so I think we need to remind ourselves of that.
0: Yeah, absolutely. That we
1: have gifts, we are talented, and, and that it's not all good all the time. It's okay for things not to be good all the time. And that if we can step into that space of witness consciousness, if we can step into that place of being the observer of our experience, then we have the ability to be sovereign, which would be the ability to choose how we respond. And that in, in that ability, you know, to paraphrase Viktor Frankl, we have in that, in that ability between the space between stimulus and response lies choice. And in that choice lies our freedom and our growth. Mm-hmm. So that to me is an opportunity that we have, especially if you're listening to a podcast, because if you're listening to a podcast, then you, you probably have the means right. um, to, to, to think in that way. So yeah. really cool. Anyway.
0: Oh, this is all so good. And I know that we could go (laughs) on and on, I'm sure. Um, But I just want to say thank you. Thank you for your generosity of time and spirit and heart. Uh, I really appreciate having this conversation with you.
1: Oh, you're welcome. Thank you for having me on.
0: You're welcome.